Father, we thank you for the anointing. We thank you for the conference this week. We thank you that everything be done decently in order. We pray especially on the technology. We pray, Father, that everything be done decently in order, that your mind, oh God, will rest upon everybody who's working on the technology, and that, Lord, the stream will be seamless, and it will be a blessing across the globe. As the globe gathers around this moment, Father, we thank you that it is a word in season, that every song, every word, everything that is done will bring glory to you to announce in the heavenlies what you have prepared for us. And the word shall become flesh. We will taste and see that the Lord is good. I bless everybody under the sound of my voice this morning. I bless all the sons and daughters across the globe. Thank you for the partners. Thank you for the victory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Glory be to Jesus. Is there anybody in the house that will respond and say yes and amen and amen? We're in a season where we are teaching on a time to build. Thank you so much for coming to service. You feeling the grace? Glory be to God. So anytime that God's going to build your life, anytime God wants to give you a spiritual truth, He's got to speak to you in terms of natural terms. So He'll give you a natural understanding about even a woman giving birth, which gives you the understanding about how to be born again in the spirit because um, God's going to build spiritual truths on a natural foundation. And so the more we pay attention to the natural foundation, the greater understanding we're going to grasp concerning spiritual truths. And so in the season, as your apostle, as your pastor, I am now having to, for many people, their faith has been shaken, um, the deaths that have happened, the sickness, the fears for many people. Um, they walk with God because the rhythm got broken. Sunday morning was good for a weekly meal and coming in and some connect groups. It was all good. But when that thing is shaken, sometimes it can shake people's faith. And so what I need to do is help you understand how we're going to build some things in the season. And it is a time to rebuild your life. And so the way we're going to go about this is that we're going to use uh, Nehemiah as the book to, to, to navigate uh, so that you can understand some things. But, but here's the thing, child of God. I, I really believe that we're entering into... A, an age of dominion. And, and how do you know that? You know, the Bible speaks about Jesus who came in the fullness of time. That was, it wasn't, Jesus never came just because he came. There was a model of how kingdoms were working in the earth. Where kings would go and conquer a nation and bring the best people and resources from that nation and bring it to where they are. The Roman Empire was the only empire that would go into a nation, conquer it, and colonize it with Roman thinking. That was Jesus coming in the fullness of time. That means God said, they've got the model right. Now it's time to release Jesus in the earth. Because he came as a king that all over the world, this, he would die in one place, but this message will be preached throughout the whole world. Now watch the age that we're living in. I want you to pay attention to what's happening in the natural so you can understand what God is even up to because God is trying to wake us up to some things. You understand that you're in the age of dominion. You take one company, Amazon. You can't do anything outside of Jeff Bezos. 
Amazon will walk into any little company that wants to try and distribute some things, and they'll gobble that company up because they want dominion in the whole earth. That is the kingdom model, yet he's not saved. So what is God doing? He's waking up the kingdom to under, people, the sons and daughters in the kingdom to understand that you are coming into a season of dominion, real dominion. And the church is not going to leave this place, you know, oh, sorry, God, you're going to rescue us and bring us out. No, no, no. We are the church triumphant. And the way God's going to move us out of this place is that if the kingdom is going to move forward and walk in dominion in any way, it's going to happen through the sons and daughters. I don't know how many we got in this church this morning. I'm not sure I'm in the right church this morning. Because if we strengthen one man, he'll take care of his family. And if that family is strong, that community is strong. And if the community is strong, we can fix the city. And if one city gets it right, we can go for the whole nation. But God's always going to start with one man. And I believe that one man is in this house this morning. I never heard enough. I think it's actually a woman. The woman is actually in, in this house. So here's the deal of why you need to understand the teaching this morning. is because when you are dealing with a spiritual truth, there, there is depth to it. There's layers to it because the kingdom has got dimensions. So you can start with when God speaks about a house and speaks about walls, you can speak about your physical house, but you can also speak about your, your personal boundary space. And you can also speak about a city. And you can also speak about your spiritual walk. So have a look at the natural understanding of the book of Nehemiah. And we're going to show you this morning the need for you to get built up. So here's the story. We started last week. Nehemiah chapter 1 lets us know that Nehemiah is in a job. He is the king's cupbearer. But he's getting news of the people that are in, in distress. They are in Jerusalem. And they're supposed to have walls to protect them from an enemy, but the walls are down. So Nehemiah begins to weep because of the people. What he does is he goes before the Lord, and he begins to cry, and he begins to weep about this thing. And there's a couple of things that happens to you when you get into a kingdom assignment. So what Nehemiah does is he's in a job as a king's cupbearer, but now he's hearing about his assignment. So there are four things that happens to you when you come in on the kingdom of God and you are serious about building your life. The first thing is that Nehemiah creates an alignment. He prays an alignment prayer. It says, you're the God of heaven and that you said, if we sin, we'll be scattered. But if we repent, you're going to gather us again. So he begins to align himself with what's on God's heart. And he says yes to the will of God. So what he does is, it's an alignment prayer. That's the Our Father. An alignment prayer, it says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That is an alignment prayer. The next thing is, when Nehemiah aligns himself with God, he gets his assignment from God. So the assignment is, I need to go and build something for you. So he goes, and because he's sent, he now then gets the favor. It speaks about... Um, the approvals. That's what it really means. An approval is a nod from God. When God begins to give you his favor. 
for the thing that you've been called to do. So Nehemiah begins to go and he's going to go and build this. So the, the fourth thing that you must get is the authorization. Authorization, even though you got the favor with God, you must have favor with man. So it gets you then the authorizations on the ground. And I get so excited because we preached this word last, last week. And um, we had, um, I'm trying to think in just the one, the one company, I think we had three approvals. No, no, authorizations. And the latest one was about 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon with a Zoom session. These people said, I don't know why we've delayed this thing so long. The top guy, this, the head of this thing, he says, these are the people to do the job for you. So there's sign-ups taking place, and God is authorizing people in this season. I need somebody to clap better than that. Just clap better than that. Clap better than that. So you, and, you are an apostolic people. And you are getting an apostolic message. So you can stick with your job. Or you can tell the boss to stick his... I'm kidding. But you can come into your assignment for God. You can come in and get God's nod of approval. And then find the authorizations all every single step of the way. Because God is going to do that. So, so here's the thing about walls. The need for you and us to understand walls this morning. So walls and fences are for, are for protection. And many people have, feel like they've been exposed. They feel like their spiritual walk with God has been so messed up that they, they feel like the enemy can walk in any time and bring fear and they don't know what, what will happen from day to day. So they, because the walls are down, the enemy wants your walls down. He needs your walls down. Because if, he, if your walls are up and you understand, the Bible says we're not ignorant of Satan's devices, you can then go and you can build a life of success. So walls and fences are for protection. Gates are for access and for letting the garbage out. So he's not only building walls. Remember, there were 12 gates. We're going to touch on that this morning. Doors are also notable opportunities given to you to move from one dimension to the next. So as a child of God, if you're going to build, I'm dealing with your spiritual development and building back your spirit and coming back to a place of where you begin to function the way God intended and even that, you know, where, where your greatest battle has been around spiritual stuff, it's now going to become your greatest blessing and breakthrough in this place because you, someone's going to get to hear the word of God, you're going to hear the voice of God behind my voice. Because God's going to give you a prophetic word. I'll show you in the scriptures. As I preach this word, the Holy Spirit's going to to touch people, heal people, direct you, and show you what to do because you're getting built up by the Spirit of God. So the doors are notable opportunities. You're going to know about the opportunities. You're going to get the authorizations. Can somebody call this out by faith and say, yes, Lord, I believe. Are there any believers in this house? And so look out for things like, you know, the need for you, a wall and a fence, a gate, and, and for, for allowing the good in and pushing out the garbage. Uh, note, check out the doors because doors are also opportunities. And here's the other thing about a door. A door's on a hinge. So hinges are seemingly insignificant moments and insignificant people that will open up and become a kind innkeeper for your future. Anybody need a hinge in your life this morning? Come on, say amen this morning. Come on, respond stronger this morning. Windows are visions and dreams to your prophetic destiny. So a house needs that. And of course, you need a roof. 
Specifically around Jerusalem, there's no roof because the walls are that big. There's no roof. But when you build your life that way, the apostolic covering will cover you and God will cause your life to be a success. So let's get into this this morning. So the need for us to understand, we need to get back to the place of discipline in God's word. Many people, when, you, when you're sitting by yourself in your home and zooming in on a service and zooming into the next service, what are you looking for? Just, is there a prophetic word for me? So you're not sitting and having a proper meal for most people. Uh, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the one behind you. It's people looking for prophetic word, and if they don't like what's happening in that Zoom room, they Zoom out. But as a child of God now in service this morning, I'm expecting you to take some notes because we're going to build some discipline back inside of all of us. And remember when Joshua, in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 6 to 8, please. Did you know when he entered into the promised land, he wasn't given a miracle. He was given a discipline. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 7, Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Can you please help me this morning? Just, I need a, a tilt. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. That's the discipline. He says, if, you, if I'm telling you, Josh, where we are going to, he says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. That's a discipline. You know, if you brush your teeth day and night, you're not going to need a miracle of new teeth. It's just a discipline. And the reason why people are looking for a big thing is because they're not disciplining their lives in the little things. So God gives him a discipline. How to get up day and night around his word. And he says that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. But then you will make, you make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. And what is happening now is that I need to come to the place where I've been, I've been following so much of different news and trying to understand things. Across the globe, what governments are doing, why the Australians are locking people down, this, this big thing that happened in, in, in Trafalgar Square yesterday, and how they went to the White House yesterday, and I'm zooming in on all these different events to understand what is really going on, what the doctors are saying, why governments are doing what they're doing. You're trying to understand this, and part of this thing is like, there's so much of information. Even pastors, he would look at me and say, I'm not listening to this stuff anymore. Because I need to get back to the place of discipline in my mind through God's word. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my word abides in you. Now what I'm saying to you, um, you will ask whatever you desire. You will ask whatever you desire. Well, the way we're building people in the season, it's going to be around the word of God. Every piece of the wall that we're talking about, every gate we're talking about, it's only rooted in God's word. 
everything about it. Why? Because you are dealing with your inheritance. This is the title of my sermon this morning. So we are dealing with the fact that you need to be built up. And so often, we speak to people about their finances, and we speak to people about their spiritual lives, and we, or their marriages, and the people want partners, and people want business, and people want a whole bunch of things like, like health and all that. But we, nobody's speaking about the spiritual development. Because if we fix things in the spirit, the spirit is the, is the causal realm. It's the thing that the Bible says the walls were down, the people in distress because the walls were down. So your distress and your fear and your doubting God is because things are down in the spiritual realm and you don't know how to get things, your life moving forward. And so when we fix things in the spirit, we fix a, a whole bunch of things. We fix a whole bunch of things. All of a sudden, you'll find peace in your mind and you don't even know why. You know, God is so amazing in all His wisdom where He says, do not neglect the gathering of the saints. Because in the presence of God, all of a sudden, some of you had peace for the first time to listen to the word in six months. Because the dog was there and then, you know, your coffee and then you, oh yeah, I forgot to get communion elements and it's... I feel you. I was there. And I said, I need to get to church. Just open the church. I'm going to preach by myself. But sitting Sunday morning at home is not a good thing for me. And so when you come into the kingdom of God, the whole purpose is that God wants you built up. Remember that he wants you built up. He doesn't want the enemy to walk into your life whenever you, he wants. You know, here's, here's, here's the thing. You, 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 you grow up in the word. You don't grow through the gifts of men. You can't live on a prophetic word. You need to develop your spirit. You can't say, well, I got the word from prophet so-and-so. And that's it. No. That is to show you and to shine a light. But I now need to discipline my life and make decisions that lines up with my prophetic destiny. And that requires a discipline. So this is where we're going to. Because um, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11, what the enemy is trying to do with your life, child of God, now watch here, is to let you be blown. He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Here's verse 14. This is why you need to be built up in the word. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. So you need the word of God so that you don't get blown over when the enemy walks in and says, well, come out from here, go there. Now, now, now get a little bit of word here and then just start a little book over here and then don't finish it. God wants you built up. It's systematic. When he builds you up, it's line upon line. It's precept upon precept. He wants you built up. Listen to, listen to the scriptures in Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 28. Proverbs 25 and 28. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. So anything that you get, like, you know, you're hoping a prophet will give you a word or, or something, but yet you have an inheritance. You have an inheritance with your name on it. Listen to how, how, how Nehemiah said, because anytime I, 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 don't, I don't have walls built up, uh, I, any wind of doctrine can come. 
any spirit can come in. Today I feel depressed and I don't even know why. I feel like I'm going to die. And I feel the spirit of dread, fear and dread. Yet Psalm 23 says you will fear and dread no evil. It's the enemy's intention. It's his purpose. He wants your walls down. He wants you to understand. I want to give you something else here. Please write this down. Anyone who builds their lives outside of these walls will eventually need to be rescued. If you don't pay attention to these walls, you have an inheritance that belongs to you. But any person who does not actually build their lives this way, spiritually, always going to need prophetic word, yet everything that you need to live a life of victory is inside of you. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You can walk with peace. You can walk in prosperity. You can walk in victory. You can walk with a shout every single day. You can walk with the joy of the Lord being your strength. Why? Because greater is he that is in you. But as long as you're believing that something is outside of you, you will never take the time to build what's actually inside of you. And so what the enemy wants to do is, he wants to a wall built between you. God wants a wall built between you and the enemy. So you can have peace to build. So if anybody be in Christ, Nehemiah doesn't understand the fullness of the revelation in the New Testament. You know you're in Christ. But Nehemiah is a beautiful way in the natural to help you build up your spiritual walk with God so that you can become what God has called you to be and so that you can have peace to build. Somebody say, peace to build. So when God begins to deal with, with David, the Bible says God gave him rest from all his enemies all around him. Because did you see that anytime there's no rest from your enemies, no building takes place. No one builds in a time of war. Somebody needs peace this morning. To rebuild your life and to get you back to a place of where you have soul prosperity. Where you walk with great peace. Wake up every morning and you say, Father, today I can put another brick down because I know I'm building something for significant for the kingdom of God. Is there anybody with me? The enemy wants a wall built between you and God so you feel like you're far from God. Watch now. He wants to because your breakthrough and your battle is in the same place. So, watch now. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14. Ephesians 2 14. Ephesians 2 14. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Thank you. For he himself, Christ now, is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Anything that separates you from the blessing that the enemy says does not belong to you, that middle wall, that condemnation, that fear that I'm here and God is there, the devil is a liar. That middle wall of separation has been destroyed. We are one in Christ. Come on, somebody. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, the war, that is the law of ordinance, commandments contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. You have peace with God. May, you, may the Holy Spirit just speak to somebody this morning. Because some of you are thinking you've messed up so badly and that you, can, you could have messed up the peace that you have with God. No, no, no. Your, your, your salvation did not come from you. It is the blood of Jesus Christ that gives us peace.
It is the blood of Jesus Christ that has broken down the smuddle wall of separation. There is no war between me and God. God's not mad about me, mad at, at me. He's mad about me. Come on, somebody. God's madly in love with you this morning. And you need to know that there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. I've got to preach this word because many people think that God's not hearing them, that you never been to church, you never gave any seed, you haven't been following God, and you're feeling bad. The devil is a liar. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You were made in the image of Almighty God, and you are the you can walk in victory and you can have peace this morning. Receive the peace of God this morning, receive the shalom of God this morning. Let your peace come back into your mind. Let the devil know that it's time to build. But I need peace to build God. I need to build back my spiritual walk with you, but I cannot get it unless I walk in peace. I need to walk in victory, my God. But until I have peace from this enemy, devil, shut up. I am the righteousness of God. Come on, you need to shout back at this devil and let him know that you know who you are. Shout, shout, I am the righteousness of God. Come on, put back that wall this morning. Put it back this morning and let the devil know I'm going to stand to my feet and I'm going to just shout and give God some praise. Somebody needs to just give God a, a shout of praise. Say there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Say I have peace with God. Say it stronger. Say I have peace with God. Just say I have, God's okay with me. He had to give her the gift of no condemnation. The woman caught in adultery. Because anytime you feel condemned, you're going to repeat the mistakes you've made. It leaves you in your sin. That means her walls were down. She would sleep with whoever. And they'd say, I'm never going to sleep with you again. And here he comes again with some, some chicken licking. And that's weekend special. The devil is a liar. You are the righteousness of God. And as long as there's no condemnation, you get the gift of no condemnation to do what? To have the power to go and sin no more. Let your walls come up this season. There's peace to build. And why do we need the word of God? Acts chapter 20 verse 32. Acts 20 and verse 32. You have an inheritance. So now brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Not the word of his law. You're not under law, you're under grace. And grace is going to build you up. Which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. That means if I'm okay and God's okay with me and I have peace and I grow and I put the walls up, I'm going to get something from God in the season that I never got in the last season. I see somebody stepping out of their job. Nehemiah, where are you? Out of your job and into your inheritance. Listen how important this is. Come on, somebody. Say, yes, Lord. Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 17. I'm only speaking to people that are actually interested in their inheritance. 
Is there anybody, am I preaching to the right, right crowd this morning? Somebody who's not just saying, I don't just want a job. I know that I can do, I'm skilled to do this, but I'm not the devil's battery anymore. I'm not going to be used by the devil anymore. I'm going to fulfill my purpose in the earth. I'm going to get my assignment from God. I'm going to get my alignment from God. I'm going to get the approvals of God. I'm going to get the authorization from God. And I'm going to become what God has called me to be. I need somebody to shout, yes. Here's what pastors he said after prayers yesterday. And Brian just turned on and said, wow, pastor, that's powerful. She says, God shook the board in these last six months. And many people are returning back to their position on the board like before. The shaking of the board was to reposition you. So you can move forward with God. You were not supposed to go back to the old lifestyle. Then I said to them, Nehemiah is getting ready to build. He says, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies in waste. It's your spiritual condition that gives you the stress and the distress. See the connection. How Jerusalem lies in waste and its gates are burnt with fire. Come, let us build the wall of Mexico, I mean of Jerusalem, that we may no longer be a reproach. So that the enemy can't just walk in whenever he wants to, man. He can't mess with your mind whenever he wants to. You are the righteousness of God. Come on, child of God. He can't just walk in and mess with your money and say, well, today you're going to have a puncture and the geese is going to burst and you're, not, you're going to lose this and you're going to... The devil is a liar. He's rebuking the devourer for your sake. You are tither. You are child of the living God. Let the devil know that this curse ends today. I'm not going to go and walk in a mess my whole life. I am the righteousness of God and wherever I go, whatever I put my hands to, it must prosper because I am the right righteousness of God. Shout yes. The enemy loves it when your walls are down. He loves it that you don't know how to build. He loves it that you're walking in ignorance. Let me stick with this. I want to give you another scripture. Let's just stick with this. I told him of the hand of my God which had been good upon me, and also the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. Can somebody please say, rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. This is a good work. If I can, you know, Joyce Meyer said, I just, after all these years, I just wish I could open up someone's head and just pour in what I know so they can walk in peace so they can walk fulfilling their destiny. If they only knew how good God is and the plan that God has got for their lives. If I could just take the time, because she's taken, what, 50, 60 years in developing her, and maybe longer her walk with God. And she was just, you know, just, when you understand how good God is, you would ask yourself, why did I waste my time? It's just this, this, this two things that's missing here. Proverbs chapter 24. I'm coming back to the scripture. 2 verse 19. Proverbs chapter, chapter 24, verse 30. Verse 30. I went by the field of the lazy man. So, I'm sorry, man. I cannot help lazy people. Say, neither can I. Yeah, you can't help a lazy person. The person doesn't want to work, doesn't want to build a marriage, doesn't want to build a business, is lazy. I mean, what do you do? God can't even help this person. 
I'm so glad you're not lazy. I'm so glad you're so diligent. I'm so glad I'm, I, I got Kingdom Life Embassy and they're the most diligent, hardworking people. I mean, you can't, you, you, you can't do all of this with lazy people. I heard Antoinette was earlier this morning, happy to be back in church, cleaning up and preparing because, you know, we're back in church. These are diligent people. I got sons and daughters that are building great businesses because they are diligent. But you went by the field of a lazy man and, the man, and, and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. So somebody who's lazy and somebody who has no understanding has the same result. And there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with net nettles. Its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of their hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Two, two kinds of people. You can have somebody who is so in love with the Lord but lacks understanding. Still gets no results. I've seen people that serve the Lord for 20, 30 years. No breakthrough. Because the enemy comes in whenever he wants and messes with their lives. Somebody shout, not me. Say, not me. So we need to understand this morning that we need an understanding. Let's go back to Nehemiah chapter 2. I think it was verse 19. But when Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem, the Arab heard of it, they laughed at us. You don't understand how the enemy would laugh at you not taking notes. I'm watching you. Because a blunt pencil is better than a sharp mind. You're not going to remember what, everything I told you. I sit and take notes. You must take notes. It's your season to build. You must take, pay attention to get understanding. They laughed at us and despised us and said, what is this thing that you are doing? Will you, will you rebel against the king? There's a condemnation there. So I answered them and said, them, and said to them, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. There should be a big amen right there. Because as you build with God, God's going to prosper you on every side. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. But here's the deal. Anybody who's mocking at you, laughing at you, studying the scriptures, coming to church, getting into the word of God, they're mocking you for this reason. They have no heritage. We're celebrating Heritage Day this week. They don't have a heritage. They don't think that there's something that belongs to me that I need to build my life up for so I can receive what God has got for me. They, they, you have no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem. You watch people that are outside of the covenant of God. They will mock what we're doing, yet not understanding that we are fulfilling our destiny. There's a reason why you need to build in this season. Because there's something that belongs to you. When the word of God builds you up, it gives you your inheritance. Galatians chapter 4 verse 1. I'm sorry man, I'm just laying the foundation. We haven't started preaching yet. Now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he's master of all. You own the whole estate. But God can't use you because you're just not growing up. The walls aren't up. Because when you build up the walls, that's the matured Christian. 
That's a born-again believer that understands the power of this. Let's get into the Word. Let's, let's begin to understand something. I'll come back on another day, and we'll deal with some more of the foundation. But I wanted us to get into, into two things this morning. Um, just, just, just to give an introduction to the walls, so that I have enough time just to cover some of the bases. So, so where do we start? Where do we start? Firstly, we spoke about that, is that you must have a mind to work. That's number one. Put it out there, you must have a mind to work. If you don't, if, you, if you're lazy, this is not going to work for you. You, 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 can't, you. you can't pretend like you're building and not doing anything. You must understand, you're going to go back to this word over and over again because you must get, you must be willing to work. Secondly, here's the, next, here's the main thing. You, you must have an understanding. So, Nehemiah doesn't walk into that city to lay a foundation because the foundation has been laid already. So in Psalms 11 verse 3 says, if the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? So you're saved and God has got an understanding this morning that if I'm going to build anything in the spiritual realm for my life, I must understand that I am standing on a different foundation. So um, from the foundations of your spiritual house to the keys to the front door, all of it is built through the Word of God. All of it is built through the Word of God. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. I'm going to have to move around because I need to lay some stuff. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 9. For no other foundation, we, for we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I've laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. Every, every one of you need to be careful about how you build in the season. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid. So he didn't come to lay a foundation. Nehemiah never walked in there. If you're going to build your life spiritually, you're going to have to understand that you're standing on a different foundation. So he says, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is already laid. Which is what? It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came to lay his life down. So you're standing on a foundation that is unshakable, that is unstoppable, that is uncursable. Come on, somebody. You are standing on a firm foundation. You are the righteousness of God. And if you're gonna ever going to be building anything, you must know that on this rock, I'm going to build my life. Because this is the rock. Everything else is sinking sand. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, everything else is sinking sand. You must now begin to be a doer of the the word of God that you can build your life up in the kingdom of God. Listen to what it says. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, and hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. Uh oh. Uh oh. You mean to tell me you can look at someone's life, you can come in, his wisdom. Your world is a reflection of your wisdom. So I can tell somebody, if somebody's been operating out of fear that's bound in their houses, sitting and watching the news all the time, listen to me, the news doesn't tell you the truth. It's a business. The news is not there to go and bless you. They are in business. And if they don't sell the news that whatever says, they lose business. 
You're going to have to get out of the mainstream media. And you have to go into the truth of God's word. Because you've been listening to people's other rubbish. And you are building your life on what the news is saying and not what the word is saying. Each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it. Because it comes to the end of the day that that's how I built my family. This is how I built my business. It's become clear. It's become clear how you built. This is where I've gone to when I'm struggling my body physically. I go to the Word because He sent His Word to heal us. I go and I have communion because I'm building my word, my life on the Word of God. When I go to business, I don't go into a business deal without first praying. I walk into boardrooms. Why? Because I'm building my life upon the rock. The Word of God is my foundation. His Word will not return void. Everything about the Word of God, when I wake up in the morning, why I preach the Word of God, why I speak the Word, why I confess the Word, because as His Word abides in me, I can ask whatever I want, and it will be done for me by my Father who is in heaven. You need to understand the power of God's Word in the season. This is the week where you're going to get Word from God, and you must pay attention to God's Word, because it's going to build you up. It's going to give you back something. Somebody needs to shout yes and amen. You can't listen to everybody else's news. You can't take what everybody else is saying. I've come to learn that whether it be CNN or Sky News or BBC, these people are in business. They are not there to bless you. I'm telling you that they're holding back information that we need to know and you're not going to get the truth from them because only the truth is in His Word. You shall know the truth and if you be my disciples, you will continue in my Word and the truth shall set you free shout yes you must stay in the word of God you can't afford to be listening to everybody else's rubbish they're not giving you any good news they are in business to keep you watching and feeding you through and to tell you their vision each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it whether it be in a, in a season like, like this next season coming up, or whether it be the end of the age, everything that you've been involved in, everything you've been doing, it's going to become clear. Can I tell you that this church made the greatest progress in the last six months? Because everyone's work will become clear. What we've built through business and the things we've done. I am telling you, we love the people and we're always going to love people. And we're going to always go and live. This is why we were brought into ministry. But you understand that even with the people in your, in your presence all the time, you find sometimes very little building taking place because some people are not interested in building. They love the idea that you can solve a problem. You pray for them, they get the problem, they get delivered, they get an answer. Next week they bring another one. And then you solve that one. The next week they say, that man's got answers. Give him another two. By the end of the month, you're sitting with all. And we've got to teach people how to build their lives. So that you become a solution to someone else's problem. Can somebody please say amen? Uh, okay. I must get into the word here. So you've got 12 gates. I'm going to preach for the next five minutes just to give you an introduction. And then we'll, then we'll end. You're right. There are 12 gates spiritually that will affect your life. And you need to understand every single one of them. And you need to be built up in every single one of them. Number one is the sheep gate. Nehemiah chapter 3 verse 1. 
That means that's the first gate you have to walk through. You've got to walk through the sheep gate. The sheep gate is that it makes you want, my sheep hear my voice. That means you come through this door, and the Bible says, if anyone enters by me, he is the gate for the sheep, he shall be saved, he will go out and find pasture. That means you come through this thing. People think that because the gate is narrow and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, they think that Jesus' life, uh, your life is going to become narrow. No, the pasture is huge. There's plenty for you to do when you've come through this door. My sheep, hear my voice. I'm not going to get into all the detail of the scripture. I'm going to pick up one and then we're going to be able to end. Number two, there's something called the fish gate. Nehemiah chapter 3 verse 2. In the fish gate, it deals with community. He says, I'll make you fishers of men, a family, a community to belong to, and a family to serve. That's why you must come to church. You need to be part of a family. That was God's design. If you are not part of a church, you, you've got a wall that is down. And that gate that is open, that's not built up because you're not part of a community, it becomes the gate of deception. Because the enemy comes and deceives you and tells you that you're the only one that's got revelation and that you're the only gifted one and you must take a selfie every Sunday because I do church by myself. The devil is a liar. You were made for community. The way God designed it is that the person right next door to you is actually got the answer to your problem right now. Look at your neighbor and say, I am the millionaire you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you were born... You were born for family. Even when God gives him the revelation that you will become fishers of men, he then cannot even catch all the fish by himself. He has to signal to his partners because the breakthrough is so huge. Can I announce that in the heavenlies? That someone's going to get a kind of breakthrough that you're going to need to call on some partners in this season. You're going to have to say, look, I know that this belongs to me, but it's too big for me. I need to make a call to these guys. Come on, somebody say, I need, I'm going to need some partners in this season. You're going to need to learn how to work with other people. Because the blessing of the kingdom, it's too, it's too big for one person. It is too big for a person. If you're just getting enough for us for and no more, you're definitely not doing the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom business is big business. Somebody shout yes. When God brings it in, you will not be able to handle it by yourself. Never. I need to move on. The third gate... It's called the old gate. It's God's ways of old. And if you don't know the scriptures, the enemy will come in and think that you need to throw out the Old Testament. But Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 16 says, Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 16, that says the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is. There's a generation that believes that this is the good life. The Lord says you need to look back if you want the good life. You need to look back into all that I've done with previous elders and how, how elders obtained a good report because they walked by faith. This is the good path. Come on, somebody, say amen. You think that God's trying to deprive you from, from, from walking in the good life by going to church? The devil is a liar. This is the old path, and this is the good path. Come on, this is the old ways with God. Listen to what it says. And ask for the old paths where the good way is, and walk 
in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we the next generation, we will not walk in it. We've all been on this road. But when you come to the age of 57 and you look back and you're thinking, how foolish I was. Because every generation wakes up thinking, I know what to do. And I'm not going to do it like mommy. Okay. The just shall live by faith. Write this down, please. Put this in. God has never changed the old paths. It has always been faith and obedience. Faith and obedience. i got to move. Number four. The valley gate. Nehemiah 3.13. That's one more gate you need to understand. This is the way it works. Often God takes us from the mountaintop experiences into deep valleys to teach us grace and humility. It teaches us to trust his heart even when we cannot trace his hand. That's why Jesus is called the lily of the valley because the lily grows best in the valley. Some of you, I see how you've grown spiritually because you've been through a valley season. I see a, a gentleness. I see a, a humility. I see a worship. I see a thanksgiving because valley times teaches you what no mountaintop experience can teach you because nobody grows on the mountaintops. We only grow in the valley. Number five, the dung gate, Nehemiah chapter 3, verse 14. How to dispose of the rubbish in your life. Everybody, the Bible's clear. Offenses must come. Your feet will get soiled. Things will happen. But you need to know how to get rid of the bitterness, the unforgiveness, and open up that rubbish. Some of you have never allowed pick it up. Every time they come past your spiritual house, there's nothing outside. Because you never opened up the gate. And inside of your house and in your yard, there's piles of rubbish. Come on, this is the week you're going to do some cleansing. This is the week you're going to do some garden work and say, look, actually, go to all your neighbors and say, can I just borrow your, your bins, please? Because I got loads of rubbish. And you can pile them and put it out of the gate. Come on, you need to let people go. Say, just let it go. I need to move on. Point number six. The fountain gate. This is the renewing of the Holy Spirit. Nehemiah 3.15. When the Holy Spirit does a work in our lives, the rivers of living water begin to flow. And you can feel like, Lord, I'm being forgiven. I'm standing on the right foundation. God loves me. And I've, I've let things go. My life is being built up. You're going to start to sense a joy. Because the kingdom of God is not me to drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to stop and point number seven for a good reason. Here's the water gate, Nehemiah 3, verse 26. This is the gate where they gathered all the people when they wanted to do a conference. Because this was the place where the water of God's word began to flow. Everybody gathered on the week of conference and said, this is heaven on earth. And we're going to come together this week because the water must flow. Come on, somebody. All of the
this stuff is purposeful with God. There's, we're not just doing things for the sake of doing things because we are opening up that gate and saying, well, let the dung out and then let the devil know we're not stinking up this house anymore with unbelief. We're not stinking up this house anymore with unforgiveness. This house is not going to stink anymore with bitterness and hatred and anger. We're letting that stuff go. Come on, somebody, open up that gate this morning and say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Open up that thing so you can grow this morning. But this is the week where the water's going to flow. And I am decreeing and declaring this word that will not return void will accomplish that which has been purposed. Bring the team up here this morning. Can you please lift your hands and begin say, Lord, this is the week I need to be built up. I need to be built up by your spirit. I need to know which way to go and what to do. Inside of this word, there's a prophetic insight. I haven't even gotten into the horse gate that deals with the prophetic insight for your life of which way to go and what to do. But this is the season. This is the season. This is the season. Father, there's a new word for my life. And what I've just heard this morning, my sheep hear my voice. That's the sheep gate. Must be built up, Liesl. Must be built up. I need to go and spend time in that area of my life. Oh, I need to understand that God used this valley moment to build me. I'm more in love with Jesus now than I've ever been before. Because of the valley gate. Because of God's goodness. You understand how powerful this is. That every area is the word of God working inside of you. It's your spiritual life that's coming alive. Where you're looking at the devil and saying, no devil. You can't walk into my house anymore. You can't touch my money anymore. You can't touch my mind anymore. You can't touch my life anymore. My family's off limits. Can somebody begin to worship the Lord in the midst of this holy moment? I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. I feel the presence and the love of the Father in this place. Yes, I am the righteousness of God. I know who God says I am. I am loved by my Father. He's a good, good Father. Can somebody begin to worship Him this morning? I need somebody just to praise and worship the Lord this morning and say, Lord, I know who I am this morning. You are good, good Father. We've come to bless you. We've come to worship you. We've come to give you glory and give you praise. Oh, my life is being built up in the season, my God. Everything about my life, brother. There's a prophetic destiny. Oh, there's a prophetic word for my life. I know that I'm in you. I live and move and have my being. Oh, God, I magnify you. Come on, someone needs to praise the Lord this morning. Get, let's go. Let's go and praise the Lord this morning.